Galatians chapter 4. If y'all will, turn with me in your Bibles. I've got this for you on the screen, but get in your Bibles. Hopefully I'm going to finish this up this morning. Galatians chapter 4. We've been talking about the church and the revelation, how the church, church on the hill, church in Cookville, church in the United States, church in the world, needs a revelation of Jesus Christ. I was in a meeting last night at uh, Life Church. They had a special guest there talking on leadership, and he said a lot of the same similar things that Joe McGee was saying, how Christianity is the fastest growing religion in the world. That was so good to hear that again. But man, I'm telling you, he, this, this gentleman just gave some, his name's Reg, Reggie McNeil, gave some great, great um, stats about where the church is and where people are in America today. And I'm going to mess it up if I go down that route, but I'm wanting to kind of touch on it a little bit in that people aren't coming in the church anymore and they're not going to come in the church anymore and how the church has got to get in the world. The church has got to take what, what we have received and get it to them. And you know what's funny is in every aspect of life, the church is there. There's not one aspect of life going on outside Sunday morning that the church isn't already infiltrated into. God has already infiltrated every area of this world. Now, there are some places in India and in China that the Lord is starting to move into. But when it comes to America, in the marketplace, in the workplace, in the school system, the church is there. Because we're there. The problem is they're not coming in here anymore. And we've got to almost get, get away from the fact of if you're going to hear the gospel, you're going to have to hear it at church. Well, if that's the case, a lot of people aren't going to hear it at all. They've got to hear it where the church is. And when you go into that place, the church goes there. So we have got to get to where we start opening our mouths the word of God. Because they're not coming in. They're not coming in. They're not going to. Barring some miracle. The, the numbers this gentleman gave were just astounding. It's not that people don't believe in God. It's that they don't believe in church. They don't want to come into church. They're tired of the, of the game. And that's what we've been talking about. The, the church has got to get away from the game and back onto the plan that God has. And you know what God's plan is? It's not to come in and fill the church. It's to go. God's plan is go. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, let's start. Uh, if you remember, the church can get off. This is a church that Paul's been preaching to and says, man, watch out. You're starting to follow the wrong thing. Get back on track. Get back onto the cross. Get back onto the blood of Jesus. Get back onto God's plan. Let's look at verse, uh, verse 10. And if you're a little bit behind, go back and download this. Listen to this. I feel like it's been good for the church that we need a wake-up call. And we need to answer the wake-up call. We don't need to hit snooze. We've been hitting snooze for years. And we need to wake up. Amen? Uh, this week, we have a chance to not hit snooze and wake up and pray and expect God to move and watch him move this next week. We got a chance. Is God faithful to fasting and prayer? Let's, let's see. Is God faithful over your finances when you sow and you do according to his word? Let's see. Let's give him a chance. Amen. Verse 10. Uh, chapter 4, verse 10. You observe days and months and seasons. Let me catch up here. There we go. 
verse 11. I'm going to read verse 10 anyway. But you observe days and months and seasons and years. Verse, I'm in chapter 3. What? Oh, you're right. Chapter 3, verse 10. Okay, but I just have verse 11. Did I skip? I don't have it. Isn't that funny? All right. Verse 10. Hope you got your Bibles. For as many as are the works of the law, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Curses everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Verse 11. Ah, come on. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. If we go back to verse 10, for as many as are under the work or under the curse. What is, under the works, what does that mean? If we try to stay under the law and not under the new covenant, we are under a curse. Why? Because we cannot keep the law. We can't. Scripture says all have sinned. Everybody say all. Does that include you? Does that include me? Yes, it's okay. You can say that. It's like, yeah. There was a funny reaction. Y'all were all yes to you, but I don't know. what do I say to him? Yes, we have all sinned. We cannot fulfill the law. The law identified our sin, did not save us from our sin. It was relying upon our ability to make it with the law. And then at the end of the year, we could go before God and be saved again to, to be cleansed by bulls and goats and blood that was not perfect. Then Jesus Christ came, the perfect lamb, perfect blood, completely paid our price once and for all. But if you remain under the law or your way or your way of trying to be, I'll just, you know, I'm a good person, I'll go to heaven. It says here you're cursed because you can't do it. Funny thing is, we got thoughts. We, we've got different ways of sinning that we think we're not sinning. I believe that's where the church is. I believe the church thinks they're not in sin. But things happen that we need the blood of Jesus regularly. The people needed the, year, the day of atonement regularly. That's why God provided it over and over and over. Because people still sinned, even those that found God. Noah, a man full of faith, went through the ark, came out dry, came out alive, his family alive, and he got into sin. That's why we need the redemptive power of the cross. That's what the church needs. But the church comes to a place of, man, we got it together. We don't need to repent anymore. Everybody else needs to repent. The world needs to repent. No, the church needs to repent. That's what he's saying to Galatians. Wake up, church. You've gotten off. And when you get off, you get under the curse again. That's what you're going to see. Pastor, as Christians, we can get back under the curse? Well, let's let the Word talk to us for a minute, okay? The law demands, <clears throat> why, why, if we try to make it on our own legalistic rules, not by grace and faith, we're cursed. Why? Because the law makes demands that we cannot keep. We can't. We're... we're, we're we're not perfect. Verse 12, let's keep going. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. What does that mean? Obedience, obedience must not only be absolute. You understand that word absolute? Total, complete. It's not just absolute. Obedience must not be absolute, but it must be continuous. Continuous. 
the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. You've got to stay under it 24-7. But through Jesus Christ's death on the cross, he, what he did for us, he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. His work, not ours, removed the curse upon us because of our disobedience of the law. His works overcame for us. He was able to fulfill the law. The only one that could fulfill the law. He took the curse so that we wouldn't be cursed. Now, are you with me or, or have I? Okay, come on. Come, come with me. Uh, I, I, hey, Blake, stay with me on here. I'm, just, I'm not going to put my remote down because I'm not, I'm not doing so good. I'm kind of getting passionate about what's going on up here, and I'm forgetting what I'm doing. I'm going to read verse 13 anyway. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Well, I just, this is just what I just said. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Curses everyone who hangs on the tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What's he saying? If you will get off the law and on to the cross and on to Jesus Christ, then the blessing of Abraham comes. One of the purposes of you receiving Jesus Christ is so that God will bless you with the blessings that he has promised you. But you've got to get into the blessing his way and only his way. Not your way over here of trying to live a good life but saying, go ahead and bless me anyway, God. Nope, 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 nope. Get under the blood. Don't get out from under the blood. By faith we receive the benefits provided by his death, including justification, including justification and the promise of the Spirit. It is so easy to get off. It is so easy, even when you're passionate and on fire, it's so easy to try to get off and do it yourself. And we have got to war against that. Let's turn to chapter 5 with me, if you don't mind. Verse 1. Chapter 5, verse 1. I believe here's our word for today. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again by the yoke of bondage. Just go back, if you don't mind. Verse 1. Stand fast. What does that mean? Stay put. Stop. Hang on. Hang on to Christ. Hang on to Christ his way. Grace, faith, mercy. Do you know one way we can hang on to Christ his way this week? Fast and pray. You've got one instruction for this week for, for heaven's gates and hell's flames. Can we fulfill one instruction? And it's going to be tough. Fasting is not easy. What, what, what's funny about, have you ever noticed that when you've got a, a one-year-old or a, 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 a crawler, a, one, a year and a half-year-old or whatever, kind of that age, I'm probably getting the age wrong, but nine months. <laughs> and they get in the floor and they're just running all over the place. You know, just, where can I go? And they find a light socket. You know, they're kind of interested. They're not really. They just see it. That looks interesting. And all of a sudden, you say, no. What happens? 
that must be good. All of a sudden, this nine-month-old's whole focus has gone from the world to there. Well, I don't know why I want that, but I sure do want it. There's really nothing for me there, and the child doesn't even know it, but man, that's what I want now. And mommy's saying no. What does no mean? Nobody tells me no. Everything I get, they just bring stuff to me. My, my brothers and sisters, if they got it and I want it, they give it to me. Whatever I want, I get. No. You don't, Mama, you don't tell me no. I tell you no. And then Mama goes again, no. And what happens? When we go and we fast something, caffeine, sodas, chocolate, uh, whatever, what happens? That's all your focus goes on to. Man, do I want chocolate. And everywhere you turn, there's chocolate. You walk in the door and there's brownies on the, on the, on the kitchen. You, you go out the door and there's a chocolate thing, chocolate syrup you can put in your coffee. You know, everywhere you go, little morsels. If I could just have one little mini chocolate chip, bittersweet chip, it's all I need. Fasting will be difficult, but do you know when you get that feeling, the Lord knows you're going to get that feeling. You know what that feeling means? Pray. When you get hungry, pray. And what are we praying for? Heaven's gates and hell's flames, but bigger than that, for souls. So, and you keep praying until that urge for that chocolate goes away, because it will. It'll go away. And then it'll come back. You know what the Lord says? I want it to come back. So you'll pray. You're giving that up so you'll be reminded for that one reason, to pray. And you know what? God honors prayer and fasting. So we got a chance to be the church this week. Amen? Stand put. Stay put. Hang on. Stand fast. Walk in the freedom that Christ has purchased. Don't submit yourself to legalistic rules no matter how good your argument may seem. No matter how good it looks on that side, don't step over there. Verse 2, indeed I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. Verse 3, and I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. He's saying, if you go back, you remove yourself from Christ's provision. Pastor, how'd you get that? What do you mean? If I go back to my own way, how do I get outside of Christ's provision? If we go back, if you become circumcised, what does that mean? If you go back to the law and back to the rules that you have been living under, Christ will profit you nothing. Do you read that any other way than I read it? Then what he says he will do for me, he will not. Am I taking it too far? When you get outside of his plan, Christ will profit you nothing. You stay in the plan, Christ will completely profit you in all things. We're not talking about a slot machine, we're talking about a life. He came to give life abundantly. But the abundant life isn't coming outside of his plan. It's coming inside of his plan. Why is the church not living an abundant life? Because we're living this life outside of the plan. 
outside of repentance, outside of forgiveness, living in bitterness and anger and my way, and we're wondering why we're missing it. Why is Africa? Why is India? Why are those places? We had a a, a, a stat yesterday that 80,000 people today will receive Christ. 80,000 every day. That's how fast the Christianity move is is moving. But about two-thirds to three-fourths of them are not happening in America. They're somewhere else. Why? Because they're not, they don't have the bells and whistles. They need Christ. And they know it. We get outside of the plan, we miss it. And then we blame God for not having it. We're mad at God because God's not blessing us our way. Okay, that's getting too tough. Okay, let's keep going. If you go back and you remove yourself from Christ's provision, what does it say? Let's see if it says it here. He is a debtor to keep the whole law. What happens is you then become the owner of your sin again. Have you ever heard somebody say, why don't you own that? Why don't you own up to what you've done? Why don't you own that? When we come outside, back to the law, back to our way of trying to make it, we become a debtor to the law again. What does that mean? We have forfeited the benefit of the blood of Jesus over our sin. And we're now under that law. It's good. Verse 4. You have become estranged. Thank you. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. Uh Uh-oh. There's that scripture. Who's he preaching to? The church. The church whom has received Jesus Christ. What do we do with that? Listen, I'm a good old Baptist boy. I believe I can't hardly lose my salvation. Remember I said, put it a couple weeks, it's too big. I can't lose that. I can't lose my, I can lose my car. Isn't that funny? We can lose our car, but we can't lose our house. Have you ever lost your house? Don't answer that if you have. Sitting there thinking, I I have been in those positions before, but that wasn't a good position. But you know what? You can't lose your house. Why? Because it's too big. You can't lose your salvation. But you can walk away from it. The church can receive, but we can walk out from under it. Please, please Please don't allow Satan to separate us because I'm almost given a message of we can fall from grace. What does it say? Can we get out from under the provision of God? Yes, I believe we can. I believe we can. You have become estranged from Christ. Who? The church. Don't say, church on the hill. Say, me. We're the the church. This is just a building. We're the church. We're the body. We can become estranged from Christ who attempts to be justified by the law, who pulls out from under the covering of the blood of Jesus and the provision of the cross, you have fallen from grace. Mm. You know what? This is revelation for me. We are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. 
this is not a one-shot deal. This is my everyday walk. And that's what the Lord is looking for is an everyday relationship going toward him. Doesn't mean you don't fall down because you are going to fall down. But you get up and you repent and you keep going. Okay, I'll move on. Before everybody walks, no, that's okay. All right. Verse 16. So how do we walk this thing out? And i gotta, I got to wrap things up. How do we walk it out? Chapter 5, verse 16. Then I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What does that mean? That means if we walk in the Spirit, if we're filled with the Spirit, if we are desiring the things of God, we will not succumb to the works of the flesh. But we've got to walk. Do do y'all get that? Go back to verse 16, please. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you get the desire for chocolate or for whatever it is that you're fasting, and you pray, the lust of the flesh will go. Amen. When you're tempted to sin and you turn to God and pray and seek after him before you go and click on that mouse to look at that image and you pray, the lust of the flesh will go. The thoughts will come. The attack will come. How you handle the attack is the difference. You have to walk in the Spirit. When you, when you confront a stop sign and you come to a fork in the road, have you ever heard Yogi Berra says, whenever you come to a fork in the road, take it? You're going to come to a fork in the road. Testing will come. But at that moment, will you walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh? It's good. We shall walk in the spirit. Verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Hmm. Hallelujah. The Lord gives us the power to overcome the things of the flesh that we are by the sin nature desiring. The spirit and the flesh are diametrically opposed to one another. And it results in this fierce and unrelenting conflict within Christians and the church where we cannot be victorious in our own strength. Verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. What also does that mean? I'm not under the curse. If I walk in the spirit, if I'm led by the spirit, I am in God's plan. So, question is, am I walking in the spirit or the flesh? Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are idolatry, fornication. Let's just go ahead and bring these up if you don't mind. Um, uh, No, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's just stay there. Idolatry. Ah, there's idolatry. Go back to 19 if you don't mind. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness. Verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, let's keep going, envy, murder, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Let's keep going. I'm going to come back. I cannot go too quickly here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. I know what's next. I'm just... Okay. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Only the Holy Spirit can produce this. Only the Holy Spirit can produce this. Without the Holy Spirit, you produce the other. I don't care how good you are. Without the Lord, you will produce the works of the flesh. If you could produce the works of the Spirit without the Spirit, what do we need the Spirit for? Why did Jesus need to come and die? Because we can't. The only way is by the Spirit. If we're truly walking in, with Christ, there is evidence. What is the evidence? It's fruit. And you, can, you cannot produce this fruit playing a game. When you are truly led by the Spirit, or can I phrase it, when you are truly a Christian. Christian's a messed up word. When you are a Christ follower, Christians almost become a cop-out. Leave me alone, I'm a Christian. No. The Lord would say, no, I'm not leaving you alone. That's a ticket for me. I got you. It's time for you to change. Your, your, your spiritual life's not over. It's just starting. If you're truly a Christian, isn't that what this whole book's about? Galatians, how to walk a Christian life? When you begin walking according to the biblical Christian, to, uh, according to a biblical Christian, God produces all of these. And they're split up in three different categories. Fruits produced by the Holy Spirit. Number one is your attitude toward God. And which ones fall there? Love, joy, peace. Don't turn off your, your stations right now. Turn them on. This is what identifies what God has just given us the answer to. Identify whether we're walking in the Spirit or in the flesh. Love, joy, peace. You know what? I can't finish. I'm gonna, I, can't, I cannot afford to, t to, to pass by these fruits and fruits on both sides. I can't do it. I'm going to have to stop because I can feel the conviction of the Lord telling me, you're going to rush through this and we're going to miss it. And I'm not trying to prolong anything. I'm trying to hit, I'm trying to hit the target. I'm going to give you the rest of these. These are all the good ones, but we've got to look at the bad ones. Let's look. There's nine of them. Second one is social relationships which is long-suffering, kindness, and goodness. And then finally, Christian conduct, which is faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I'm hoping to get, I hope that this shines some light on you in where these fruits should manifest themselves. Our attitude toward God should be love, peace, and joy, not just exactly in that. Some of these can be intermingled, like social relationships should be love. We're to love one another. We're to love our brother. We're to, we're to pray for our enemies. We're to bless our enemies. But basically, our attitude, to, our attitude toward God, love, peace, and joy in our social relationships, long-suffering. Meaning we don't dump our relationships over one little stupid thing. Kindness, goodness. And then finally, our Christian conduct, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruits, but I'm going to have to go back and we're going to have to take some time and just quickly look at what these are opposite fruits are because I hope I hope that the Lord 
and through his church will identify where, where some problems are maybe in your life that you need to deal with. Uh-oh, pastor, are you trying to tell me what I'm doing wrong? The word is, that's why we have the word is to identify sin and clean it up. That's the church's role is to clean us up in here, get us right and go. Don't get messed up and stay messed up and go. You're no good out there. People already don't want to hear us because they think we're half hypocrite. Half hypocrite, full hypocrite. So we got a little bit of cleaning up the inside of the cup. And then we got to go. So I'm going to close and I'm going to read these others one more time. Uh, Blake, go back to verse 19. Adultery, self-explanatory, but we'll go into it next week. Fornication, that's self-explanatory. Uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelries. Those practices will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I would hope that even in me just reading them, um, a check has come into your spirit. If you've got two or three that you can read there, one, whatever. Take this time of prayer and fasting to attack that. Attack sin. Attack it. You know, it says to uh, resist, submit to God, resist the devil, submit to God. Everybody look at me. Stay right here just for a second. Submit to God, resist the devil. Have you ever had a child try to resist you? Have you ever had a dog try to resist you? Have you ever tried to resist something? That's how we resist Satan. Run away from it. Shake, scream, holler, get out. Imagine your house is on fire. Are you just going to sit in there and burn up or are you going to get out? You run. You submit to God and you resist the devil. Now, I want us to be praying and fasting over lost souls. But if you've got sin in your life, battle that too. During this time of prayer and fasting, you know God can hit, kill two birds with one stone. We don't have to think, oh man, I can't deal with my sin this week. I've got to deal with, no. Deal with your sin. Get it out. Get it out. Psalm 34, verse 20. Oh, okay. We have, we have an absolute miracle that's happened um, this week. Um, I told you this Wednesday night we're going to have a testimony of a gentleman that has been healed of the Widowmaker um, heart attack. That he's, he's not in our church, but he got our prayer cards and just said, Pastor, I've got to come and tell your church. And uh, he's going to come Wednesday night. But um, we prayed last week, and I hope, I hope you're okay. Are you okay? I won't do it if, if you're not. Okay, we prayed last week. Elizabeth brought it to your attention about Tori, uh, Tori Martin, and Josh. Her being in the hospital, her 
her water was leaking, her, 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 she was having contractions in labor, and basically went to, uh, went to Vanderbilt saying she wasn't coming home without a baby. So we prayed, and you know, if you remember, I, I even said, God can handle this. We were talking about faith last week, and we're going to trust God. And I prayed with you guys here in Cookville and just said, we're completely going to have to trust the Lord. We have no other hope. But trust, and if the baby comes early, you know what, Vanderbilt can handle it, you're in good hands, but we don't want the baby to come early, we want it to go full term. And I got a text, Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday, that just read, we're coming home. They say she can go to full term, her, her, uh, her fluid had healed, everything was healed back up, she's on modified bed rest. And she can go full term. And I read that and I'm like, what? And I literally just looked at it and I'm like, is this from, from uh, Cindy or who's this from? Because it can't be Tori. She was too far. There was no going back. I thought once the water was leaking, it was over. What do I know? I don't know nothing. God knows. <laughs> and you know what? Here she sits. And that baby is in the right place, in the right place. And we just speak blessings over your delivery, over your baby, over your family. And this is a time to say, man, look how good God is. He, he can do it. When things looked like it had to be one way. And you know what? I, I, we genuinely prayed, God, we trust you. And we're going to fight through this thing all the way through. If it means we've got to fight with a 32-week-old baby, so be it. We can do that. But we would prefer in and the natural, for that baby to stay put. And you know what? God said, I hear faith. I can do that. I can do that. Amen. So would you believe? Would you stand fast? And would you deal with your sin? Deal with it. Let's go. Take the word of God and whip the devil this week. Whip him. He got whipped this week. He needs some more whipping. Amen? And we're the ones to do it. Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your church. But Lord, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus that the church wake up. That we wake up and we start walking in the Spirit. We stop allowing the flesh and sin to have dominance and control over our life and then blame you for our problems. Lord, we, we want to go out of here walking in the Spirit. That we would take this scripture from Galatians 5 and see this fruit and start pursuing this fruit. And start dealing with this bad fruit. And get it pruned and get it off. Lord, heal the church. Your word says that if we will turn from our sin, if those who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven, you will forgive us of our sin, and you will heal our land. Lord, we want, this, we want the latter without the former. Lord, let us do the former and expect the latter. This week over heaven's gates and hell's flames. Lord, help us to go and bring people in. Bring people in. Lord, we pray for souls. We pray for the hurting. We pray for the lost. 
to come into here and to receive. Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you given your heart to him or have you given your heart to him and taken it back and gone back to living your own way? Right where you sit, I want to encourage you. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. I have missed it. But I turn back to you this morning. Save me again. Lord, I have not walked out my salvation with fear and trembling. But I return this morning to you. Or maybe you just pray, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I've never received you as Lord and Savior, but I'm a sinner and I am in need of a Savior. Save me, Jesus. Is that you? Would you do that right where you sit right now? You know, it's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. Give your heart to the Lord. Do you sit there this morning and say, Pastor, my life is falling apart. I am in need of a Savior. I've been saved, I've been spirit-filled, but man, I need a Savior. We want to pray with you this morning. We want to pray with you this morning in faith, just as this baby was trying to come, and we prayed in faith, and the, Lord, the Lord's arm was not too short to save. What you're going through, the Lord can rescue you from. Savior. You can move a mountain. My God is mighty to save. Author of salvation. Our God is mighty to save. Will you all stand up with me as we sing? Those are ministering. We want to give you a time to come up here and pray with you. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you want someone to pray with you, step out and let us pray with you. If you're at a time that you just need to rededicate your life to Christ, step out and let us pray with you this morning. If you've got a prayer need, a healing need, a, a need for breakthrough, step out. Let us pray with you this morning as we sing.